0: foolishness but unto us which are saved uh, it is the power or the supernatural miracle work and power of god uh, and so so one of the things that is foolishness is is preaching the word amen uh, he said preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness uh, and so uh, and then uh, you come down to uh, verse 23 it says but we preach christ crucified unto the jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness so again you know preaching uh, the cross uh, is foolishness amen Uh, and and really you know in that context uh, you have to believe these things in order to to preach them Uh, and you know really it's the it's the faith that you have in the cross that is considered foolishness to the world because you believe uh, that Jesus was raised from the dead you know, the, the Greeks think that's foolishness, right? Uh, you believe somebody was raised from the dead? That's crazy. You know, that doesn't happen. And there are people, you know, the atheists of the world say, you know, uh, nobody died for your sins. And, uh, and um, you know, they're all going to regret those billboards when they get to heaven, right? <laughs> and so, well, let me introduce you to the one that really did do that. Uh, and so, uh, but really, you know, foolishness is believing God, uh, believing his word. Amen. It's not an act of insanity. It's not an act of something that's unwise. It's not an act of some fleshly display. It's just simply believing in the cross, believing in the Lord Jesus. Amen. And that is foolishness. I mean, uh, even in the church, how many times have people kind of looked down upon you because you're a person of faith? Uh, you, mean, you you mean you believe in healing? Well, yeah. You believe you mean you believe in speaking in tongues? Uh, yeah, you, you don't. I mean, you know, it's almost like you want to Why wouldn't you believe in these things? Right. They're literally in the word of God. Uh, And so. So really, God is going to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. But the foolishness that God is looking for is you being foolish enough to believe his word. Uh, And if you'll be foolish enough to believe his word, then God can use those things. Amen. God can use you in that way. Amen. So it's not about who can do the craziest stunt or who can do the most uh, outlandish thing in the flesh. That's not the foolish things of the world. The foolish things of the world is being foolish enough to believe his word and Christ crucified, amen? Uh, and so uh, that means all of us can be qualified to be foolish, amen? Uh, and I'm glad to wear that badge of honor. Uh, I don't want to be known for doing something just dumb, you know, just, well, you know, he's, he's going to go and just, uh, you know, uh, just do something crazy. And not that, not, not that sometimes the Lord doesn't ask you to do things that are odd or different, uh, but it's not the the fact that you're doing something odd or different that makes you foolish is the fact that you believe God uh, to do those things. Amen. Uh, And so, you know, people, and of course, in our circles, they like to handle snakes. Right. And they well that's the foolish things of the world. No, that's just plain foolish. Right. That's just because it violates the word of God. Amen. I'm going to believe the word of God that says that, uh, you know, I can drink any deadly thing and, you know, I can take up serpents. Uh, But it doesn't talk about handling of them to tempt God because, I mean, Uh, The Bible has many things to say about that in other areas about tempting God to, hey, you've got to protect me uh, because I'm going to do this foolish thing. Uh, And so uh, so sometimes people use verses like this to justify their kind of crazy stunts that they do in the natural world, natural realm. uh, And um, I'm going to I'm going to stay foolish and believe the word. Amen. I'm going to stay foolish and believe that Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead. Amen uh and that he did die for my sins so i just want to encourage you about that you know be as foolish as you possibly can be i mean you, you know be uh, if you're not foolish enough believe some more amen that's really how you're going to be the 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 way that the lord needs you to be amen uh and so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute and then we'll get into praise and worship you are great father you are great in our lives you're great in the earth you're great in your power you're great in your mercy you're great in your grace. Father, great are you. Thank you, Father. You're great to love us. You're great to be kind towards us, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. You are great, Father. Thank you, 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 Father thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you're the healer. Father, we thank you that you still heal our bodies. It's your great desire, Father, that we live in divine health all the days of our lives. And Father, for those that are not here with us today, that are not well, Father, we speak life and health to their bodies. Father, for Jerry Allen, we thank For speedy and swift swift recovery, Father. Fully healed, Father. And well in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. For Tony Merrill. We thank you, Father. That the life that lives within him, Father. Will cause his body to be healed in Jesus' name. Your spirit, Father, will quicken his mortal flesh. It will make his body alive with the life of God. Father, we thank you for strength in the name of Jesus. And Father, we rebuke all sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for Tom Flight, strong in the Lord, Father, strong in health, Father, strong in healing, strong in your presence, Father. We thank you that he is the healer of God. And we thank you for these, Father. We thank you, Father, that you're still in the healing business. We thank you, Father, desire our bodies to be well Father we thank you for those traveling today Father that all will be well that your angels will go before them behind them keep them in all their ways Father watch over them Father we thank you for days of relaxation Father great joy Father on their trips and Father we thank you and Lord we give you praise and honor for these things we thank you for them Father in Jesus name Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. You know, he doesn't know how not to be good. Amen. He just knows how to be good. That's all he knows. And so we thank him for that. So we have been uh, talking about the topic of fainting. And, you know, we just uh, I, I was reading about this one day. And started, you know, sometimes you get on these rapid paths and you start studying things and you realize, well, the Lord's got more to say about that than I realized. And so it's felt good to me in in my spirit to teach on some of these topics. And uh, because we find that uh, uh, there's many reasons why Christians will faint and to faint means to really to quit and to give it up. Uh, And, um, you know, we looked at the first one was about sin. Sometimes, you know, you're resisting sin, you're resisting sin. And sometimes you get weary in resisting sin and so I'm just going to quit resisting it. I'm just going to let it use me. And, and uh, that happens, you know, probably to every Christian's uh, walk at some point in their life, uh, maybe just once. But um, uh, I remember uh, hearing a story one time about this lady that uh, uh, she was uh, probably middle aged, you know, had kids and, and uh, had uh, been in church for many years but she always struggled in, with different things, and struggled with a lot of mental issues. and And um, uh, the minister just had a, um, a word of knowledge that uh, when she'd got born again, right after she got born again, she told a lie. Uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of baby Christians, you know, you, you've been uh, especially as an adult, if you're uh, if you're an adult when you became a Christian. You know, you've been practicing sin for many years, training how to be a great sinner. And some people are really good at it, right? They're really good at sinning. And, and so uh, then they get saved, except the Lord. But, you know, they haven't trained their minds to think like the Word thinks. And so they may be sort of carnal in some areas. And, you know, many times the church has very little tolerance for baby Christians. And, oh, I can't believe they did that or said that. Well, they got saved yesterday, right? Uh, so, you know, cut them some slack. And, you know, if they're still doing that when when they're, you know, been in the Lord 20 years, well, maybe we'll have a conversation with him. But, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, you don't have a brand new baby and say, well, you know, when are you going to go to work? You know, earn your keep. You know, you're, you're just around here taking, taking, taking. You know, all you do is take, 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 right? You eat, eat our food, sleep in our beds and you never give anything, right? You don't ever mow the yard or take out the garbage. You know, well, I, dad, I was just born yesterday, right? Uh, well, nobody does that, of course. Uh, and so, but, you know, uh uh, the, so the lady, she had sinned, you know, and telling a lie is a sin. And, you know, I, I know that's news to some people in a church. You, have, you know that telling a lie is wrong, right? You know, who's the father of lies? Yeah. The devil. So, you know, I always told my kids, why do you want to sound like the devil? Uh, because, uh, you know, well, it's just a little white lie. Well, it's a little white lie straight from the pit of hell. Because if it's a lie, it's, it comes from the devil. Amen. Is there ever a good reason to lie? Never a good reason to lie. You know, I've, had, I've talked to ministers and they said, well, I lied to my spouse, my wife. You know, she was wanting to do something and I didn't want to do it. But I told her I did. So, so she wouldn't bother me. Um, well, is that OK? Well, that's not OK. Right. Just say, woman, I'm not doing it. You know, and then, you know, you may have to duck after that. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, if uh, grown people ought to be able to have conversations, say, well, I don't want to do that right now and uh, and be OK with that. Amen. Uh, and so now if they're circling their responsibilities, maybe they're, uh, you know, every situation is different. You can't make a law about uh, everything. But you, but you can't make a law about not lying. Amen. Uh, and uh, some people think not lying is the same thing as telling all the truth, uh, or telling everything you know. Right? Uh, I don't mean telling all the truth, but telling all you know. You know. So if you see somebody got a bad hair day, you know. Well, I'm not going to lie and tell them it looks good. Well, you don't have to tell them anything, right? You don't have to go up and say, well, you know, uh, 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 do you own a comb? You know, I've got an extra comb at home. If you'd like one, you know, you don't have to do that, right? You don't have to tell everything that you know, right? Uh, and so. Uh, Now, if they say, hey, how does my hair look? You know, you could just gently as possible. Well, you know, maybe um, maybe don't do the comb over. Right. You know, I mean, uh, nobody's told uh, uh, President Trump to not do the comb over. Right. And and, um, maybe he doesn't have any friends in the world. I don't know. You know, but um, uh, and so, uh, you know, you don't have to tell everything that you know. Amen. Uh, Jesus didn't tell him everything. No. Remember, they asked him one time, you know, who? uh, where would you get the authority to do this thing? And he said, well, I'm going to ask you a question first. If you can ask my question, I'll answer your question. And, of course, they didn't answer their question, right? He said, well, I'm not going to tell you then. You know, uh, and so you don't have to tell everything you know. But whatever you tell, make, make sure it's the truth. Amen. Now, uh, Paul told, uh, told the Ephesians, speak the truth in love. Amen. Some people like to speak the truth with a dagger, right? Uh, you're, you know, you're horrible and your mama too, right? Uh, and and they, they like to stick it to people when they tell the truth well that's not that right either so this lady lied and uh, and so she got in her mind she just got defeated and she stayed in that that place for years and years amen Uh, and so uh, you know sometimes people act like there's no big deal in sin well all sin uh, tries it's just like every germ in the world tries to kill you Uh, and your natural defenses in your body probably take care of 99% of them you know uh, probably more than that um, just on a regular basis. You don't even know the warfare going on in your physical body right now to protect yourself against sickness and disease. It's just a normal part of, of our, our human existence. Uh, and so, uh, but but she told that lie. Uh, and, um, uh, and it bothered her to a point that she never could get in faith after that. And so the Lord ha- had revealed this to a minister and said... Um, Uh, well, you know, you told a lie right after you got saved, and you've had problems with that ever since. Uh, And and, uh, she's like, well, you're right. Uh, Well, you know, you can just repent, can't you? Amen. Some people, you know, for them, sin's not a big deal. Sin should always be a big deal, because sin will always separate you from the Lord Uh, in that area of your life. uh, You know, and if you allow that area to to stay in sin, that'll be an area that the Lord uh, can't deal with until you choose to allow Him to deal with you in that Amen. So so she told a lie uh, and it bothered her for decades and she finally was able to get out of it. Uh, And so, you know, there may be things that are in people's lives that are there because of something they did five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it is. Uh, So it's always good to stand against sin. It's always good to resist sin because it's never going to be to your advantage to just. Well, it's just nobody knows but me. Well, there's always at least two people that know about it. Right. You and the Lord. Uh, And so it's never it's never a good thing. Amen. Well, that's just I just have needs. Uh, Well, that's just, you know, that's just you making excuses. Right. And excuses are never going to fly with the Lord, are they? Uh, Because didn't he make you? Uh, He made you. And so uh, your spirit man should always be in charge of your life. Uh, And if you say things like I just have needs and I've got to do certain things, then you're saying that your flesh uh, is going to rule your life in that area. And I don't want anything ruling my life other than the Spirit of God. Amen? Uh, and so the, the, uh, uh, you can live a life without sin. Amen? It's not like it's something that, well, nobody can do that. You actually can do that. It is possible to live a life without sin. Amen? As a child of God, you can do that. So don't ever make excuses and don't, don't ever uh, um, just kind of faint as you resist that sin. Uh, well, I can resist every other sin except for this one thing, whatever it is, right? Uh, uh, and for and, and you know what you'll find is it's it's just different things for different people. Uh, there are certain sins that people do that you know if they get around that thing, they're just going to fall. Uh, and so number one, don't go around that thing, right? I mean it's just it, it's not uh, it's not wrong to just avoid that thing whatever whatever it is. Maybe it's chocolate chip cookies or whatever the thing is. It doesn't matter what the thing is. Uh, and what you'll find too is that in certain families, there will be certain sins that are just. Uh, consistent in that family because spirits, uh, demonic spirits that influence people love to hang around people uh, and they'll stay that way for generations. Now the church has called that generational curses. There's no, no really such thing as a generational curse. But there are familiar spirits that are familiar with people and families and, and you'll find that you know a whole family will have a very similar bent on life and a very similar path that they take many times. And they'll all go down the same path of Sin, sometimes drugs are getting a whole family and the whole family is, you know, drug dealers or drug users and uh, and, and the whole family gets that way. You know, a whole family gets uh, to talking bad or, you know, whatever it is. And, and the reason is because uh, a lot of times demonic forces will get in there and, and they'll like to hang around people that allow them to operate. Amen. Uh, and so so we should resist against sin and faint not. Don't just give it up. Don't just quit. So it's just too hard because because Hebrews tells us, well, you've not resisted to the point of shedding of blood yet, have you? So you, there's still more There's still more resisting that you can do. And we read uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that says that God will not allow you to be tempted more than you're able to bear. Of course, usually people take that and turn that verse around, that God's putting things on you that he won't put on you more than you can bear. Well, God's not putting thing, any, anything on you. He didn't put the temptation on you. Uh, and so... Uh, but he will constrain the work of the devil uh, to the point that uh, he'll, uh, you know, uh, the devil may come and tempt you, but the, do- the Lord's going to put a constraint on them that, that it's not above your ability to withstand. Uh, now, the temptation comes because of your desires. Amen. Like I said, there's certain things that, you know, I can walk by a whole whole rack of alcohol and not, you know, I'm not tempted to, to take a single drop of, of, of alcohol. But you get some people and, and they can just, Think about it, and they've got to go to a store somewhere and start drinking alcohol uh, because they'll yield to that sin. Uh, and so it's, um, uh, it's just different for, everybody, different for everybody. You need to find out your path, amen? Uh, you need to walk out your own salvation, find out what things that you should avoid, uh, and avoid those things, amen? Uh, it's, not, it's not being spiritual by avoiding you know, the alcohol aisle at the grocery store. Uh, it, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, well, if I was just a stronger person, I could do that. Well, maybe, but um, uh, you're still avo- you're still being successful against sin if you're avoiding the whole aisle, aren't you? So uh, do whatever makes sense for you. Amen. But you can resist. You can avoid it. Amen. Uh, and so and we talked last week or the week before last about how sometimes we, we pray and it seems like God is not answering our prayers. And Jesus said in Luke 18:1 that men ought always to pray and to faint not. And then he talked about the woman who went to the unjust judge and, and said, hey, avenge me. And he said, well, you know, I'm not going to do it because I fear God, but because she's she just nagging me on and on about avenging her, then I'm going to do it. Uh, and and the, whole, the whole point of that story was for Jesus was telling us, don't ever give up your prayers because the timing of God is always in him. Now, he said he would do it. Didn't he say that all the promises of God are in him? Yes, in him. Amen. So he said he would do it. He absolutely was going to do it. He just hasn't done it yet. So when's he going to do it? Well, you know, there's some things that that you don't know. Some things you do know because he'll tell you, well, next season, you know, he told uh, told Sarah and Abraham, hey, you know, coming around next season, you're going to have a baby. But he also said, you know, 25 years before that, um, that uh, I'll make you the father of many nations. But he didn't tell him when until he got close. And so it was 25 years that, you know, is it today or tomorrow? He didn't know. And and uh, and so there are some things that God will leave in his timing. And it's your job to stay in faith along the way. And if there's things that you're believing God for, then Jesus said, men ought always to pray and to faint not. Just keep on praying. Just keep and say, well, Lord, uh, uh, if, if you delay this a day, if you delay this a week or a month or a year, I will still believe you for this thing. And that was the whole point of the parable. Don't faint. Don't quit. Don't give it up. Amen. Because how many times have people quit and gave it up the day before that it was going to be there? The minute that it was going to be there, and said, well, Lord, I guess you're not going to answer my prayer. And I've heard people say that God decided not to answer my prayer. Uh, God has decided to answer all of my prayers and he decided to answer all of them. Yes. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so it's just good to encourage yourself that, Lord, I'm going to stick with it. If it takes forever, I'm going to stick with it. Amen. Uh, and that's really your attitude uh, that you need to have is, Lord, if this takes me the rest of my natural life, I will stay in the faith of this prayer. Uh, and, and that's really a prayer of consecration and dedication that we need to make on a regular basis. If you know that whatever that thing is, that it's God's will for you to have that thing, then you stick with it until the very end. Amen. You never give it up. Uh, it's the same thing with healing. You know, it's, uh, if you know if it's God's will to, for you to be healed, then you stick with it. You know, there's been some things that have been healed instantly. Many things over the years. Some things it took a year to get. Uh, but um, uh, but I never gave it up. Amen. Some people try it for a day. You know, well, I, I tried it for a day and it, nothing happened. Right. Uh, well, then you haven't uh, uh, then you haven't uh, stayed in, in an attitude of faith. Amen. You fainted. Um, and so let's talk about uh, let's turn over to, to Hebrews chapter 12. And this is going to be just a really wonderful a message right here we'll see how it goes right it's in the bible so we should talk about it but sometimes when you talk about things in this topic in this area uh, it's not real popular but if it's in the word of god it should be popular amen uh and so here uh let's start out in um, hebrews chapter 12 of course we were there earlier uh but uh in verse 3 when he said uh and uh well, in verse 2, where he said, um, uh, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, and the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. So don't faint in your minds, amen, when you're striving against sin. But then he switches gears in verse 5 and says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Uh, And so one of the things, one of the ways that Christians will faint, or can faint, is when they're chastened of the Lord. Amen? Have you ever been chastened of the Lord? I've been chastened of the Lord uh, lots of times, you know. Uh, But uh, before we get into uh, the other details there in chapter 12... Uh, let's make sure we understand how does the Lord chasten us. So in the church, I mean, you go to, you just walk down the street and ask your average Christian, hey, how does the Lord chasten you? Well, sometimes he he lets you be sick, right? Sometimes he'll, you know, cause your car to explode. Sometimes he'll cause your dog to get run over. You know, sometimes he'll make your kids sick. Um, You know, sometimes he'll just put sickness on you. Maybe it's cancer or, you know, uh, the itch or whatever that is. You know, sometimes he'll do that in order to teach you and, and to chastise you. Well, is that how Jesus chastised the disciples in the, in the Gospels? How many times did Jesus chastise the disciples? Many times. I mean, one time he said, why is it you have no faith? Well, that right there is a chastisement, right? Uh, you, when you, if the Lord says you have no faith, that, that would hurt, wouldn't it? Well, that's chastising you, amen? Uh, and so, uh, how many times did... Uh, uh, when, remember when John, uh, John said... Lord, let it, let's call down fire on him, right? And Jesus said, you know, you don't know what spirit you're up. Remember when Peter uh, took Jesus aside after Jesus said he's going to go to the cross. Not so, Lord. You know, you're not going to the cross. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Didn't he say that to Peter, right? Now, that'd be pretty tough if he looked at you and said, get thee behind me, Satan. And looked at you when he said that. that. Wouldn't that hurt your feelings? That'd hurt your mama's feelings too, right? I mean, that'd hurt a lot of people's feelings if they said that to you. Remember when the man came and said... Lord, let me follow you, but I've got to go uh, bury my father first. And what did he say? Let the dead bury the dead. So all of those are chastisements. All those are correction. Jesus said, you're wrong. Here's what you need to do right. Amen. Uh, And yet, how many of those times did Jesus, did he inflict physical harm on them? How many times did he put sickness and disease on them? How many times did he cause them to to suffer some tragedy uh, in order to teach them things? Amen. Now, there's plenty of things that the Lord is unable to change in our lives because we stepped in it ourselves, right? And we say that God allowed it. Uh, and, you know, he allowed it only in the sense that he couldn't do anything about it because it's your choice. Amen? Uh, I mean, how many times have you seen people that you know? Maybe it's your family or maybe it's your friends uh, and they're going to go do something. And, and you know it's wrong. You know it's going to hurt them. But can you do anything about it? Well, it's their choice, right? Now, if you, you Now, if you were just in charge of their life like they're three years old well then you shouldn't let them do that amen but when they're 30 years old it's still their choice and and so yeah you allowed it because there's really nothing you could do about it so you know there are times when when god has to allow things in our lives but it's not from a standpoint of teaching and instruction it's from a standpoint of well there's nothing you can do about it now he'll oftentimes will come back around after the fact and say well dummy you know if you hadn't done that you know you you wouldn't hurt so bad don't do that next time. So he can help us out of those situations if we'll repent. Uh, but he's not the one initiating those things. Uh, he told the Ephesians in Ephesians four twenty seven, neither give place to the devil. And every time we get outside the will of God, we're giving place or license to the devil to operate in our life. Uh, and, and if we could just understand that simple truth in the, in the word of God, that would fix a lot of our doctrine. So many things, uh, so many Christians believe when tragedy happens, God's using that. God's intending to d- design that for our edification, for our training, for our instruction. But, but uh, uh, you know, when you're at home and, you know, your kid's just three years old and you're trying to show them, hey, here's a hot stove, you know, don't put your hand on a hot stove. You don't say, here, give me your hand. And you put it on a hot stove and burn them and go, see, doesn't that hurt? Do, do any parents do that? If, if parents did that, would we put them in jail and take their children away from them? Because they're stupid, right? They're dumb. I mean, you don't do things like that. Now, you would say, don't touch the hot stove, uh, and hopefully they would they would uh, yield to you. Uh, and so God is not uh, initiating these tragedies to teach us things. Uh, he will help us get out of them. He's merciful and kind to do that, uh, but he's not initiating them. And so, you know, we say that he allowed them and I'm just not a fan of that particular uh, phrase um, because many times people will use that to imply that God wanted it to happen, that God designed for it to happen, and that's not the case. So Jesus uh, chastised uh, all, all through the Gospels. So he chastised people. Every single time, he chastised them the exact same way, with the Word of God. So if Jesus was the example of the Father and he was a reflection of the Father and uh, how the Lord operates, uh, then if He chastised everybody with the Word of God in the Gospels, how is He going to chastise you today? He's going to chastise you with the Word of God today. Amen? Uh, and so, now, if uh, did Jesus only chastise people? Did He only spend time you know, correcting people? Telling them wh- where they were wrong? No, you look at the Beatitudes. You know, blessed be the poor, right? Blessed be, you know, the meek. You know, all, all the different just encouraging words, right? So it wasn't like he was blasting them every single day. And some people, they think that unless I tell you how wrong you are every day, that I'm not doing my job. That's not my job. to tell you how wrong you are every day. Sometimes, you know, my job is to tell you, here's what the word says. And it's good. It's a good word. Follow this and be blessed. You know, that's okay. Amen. Uh, Now, some churches, they, they, they always shy away from anything that would be controversial or correction or, You know, I just I just think if the Lord put it in there, then it's okay for us to study these things. Amen. Because if the Lord, uh, in fact, he says. uh, In verse six, for whom the Lord loveth, he does what? Chastiseth, right? Uh, So if he loves you, he's going to correct you. Amen. If he loves you, he's going to do right by you. Amen. And and if you're doing things that are wrong, he's going to try to correct you. And that would require sometimes some chastisement. And he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So again, how does he chastise? How does he scourge? By the word of God, right? Oftentimes through his spirit. You ever had the spirit of God just say, hey, why are you doing that? You know, and, and he'll give you a book, chapter, verse about why you're wrong. Uh, well, what's he doing? He's scourging you. Amen. He's chastising you. Uh, he's never going to put sickness on disease on you because he doesn't have it to, to give to, to begin with. Uh, and so, but he will correct you. You know, uh, uh, do all of us look exactly like the Lord Jesus yet? Do you talk like the Lord Jesus? Do you think like the Lord Jesus? Do you act like the Lord Jesus yet? If 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 you're uh, a normal human being breathing air on this earth, you will never look just like the Lord Jesus uh, between now and the time you leave this earth. Now, hopefully you get a little closer every day. But even in your last breath, if you live to be a thousand years old, right, uh, and live past the age of Methuselah, uh, you're not going to look just like the Lord Jesus. Hopefully, yeah, you will get better and you look more like him. But um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times uh, that the Lord uh, rebuked folks like Brother Hagin. Oh, look at you. You're supposed to be the great man of faith. You're not even operating in faith. And all he did was teach everybody faith. But he was not He was in that area, that little area of his life, he was unwilling to operate in faith. And the Lord rebuked him. Uh, and so uh, if you don't look like the Lord Jesus, then there should be some times that the Lord rebukes you and corrects you. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times the Lord's corrected me about, especially how I treat my wife. And, 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 you know, I'm a little suspicious now that she's been ratting on me or something to the Lord. You know, hey, you know, he's not doing right. And, and the Lord, like, I'll deal with it. I'll take care of it, you know. Uh, That's probably what's really been going on. I didn't realize that, you know, just now I think that's a revelation right there, you know, that she's been ratting on me to the Lord. Uh, But I can't tell you how many times he's rebuked me about how I speak to my wife, how I talk to talk to her, even how I talk to my kids and how I raise my kids. I mean, I I probably I know my kids won't appreciate it, but I was probably chastised more from the Lord in how I raised my kids than I chastised my kids themselves. Uh, and, and uh, only until they, uh, have children will they understand that. Uh, but, uh, but see, uh, you know, a lot of parents would go through life and just, well, I'm the parent. I just do whatever I want to, but you know, that's not, that's not the case, right? Uh, you do whatever you want to, as long as it's within the word. Amen. Uh, anybody ever remember that story with uh, Jesse Duplantis? He was talking about his dog and he, his wife had this dog and he hated a dog. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and he just would speak bad to that dog, you know. Uh, and uh, one day the Lord rebuked him. and said, you go and apologize to that dog. Why it, I hate that dog. You know, you go apologize to that dog. It's part of my creation and you can't treat it bad, you know. Uh, and and, um, and so the, what would the Lord do? He rebuked him, amen. Because when you get that mad about something that's just a dog, you know what I'm saying? Now, there's dogs I'm not a big fan of, but... Um, uh, and some people will hold and harbor great strong emotional reactions about things that don't matter to a hill of beans, right? Uh, And, and, uh, you know, they'll make laws in their life about things and be really adamant about it, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, just go talk to certain people about, hey, I drive a Chevy. And he'd be like, you know, and and it's like, you know, it's it's just a piece of metal, right? I mean, now you may have a preference for things. You know, nothing wrong with having a preference for things, but it's not a moral question, right, whether you drive a Chevy or Ford or, or, or a, a hyundai right it just don't matter uh and some people i can't believe you think it doesn't matter it's all going to go back to the ground right so it doesn't matter it came out of the ground it's going to go back to the ground uh so at the end of the day it doesn't really matter uh and so uh, but some people have very strong opinions about it you know just go telling somebody around here that you're an alabama fan you know and uh that you know they'd, they'd uh you know question your salvation uh and um uh, you know, uh, yeah, nothing wrong with you, you and enjoy football or whatever sports, fine, you know. But some things just don't matter. Amen. Uh, really, other than the Lord Jesus, there's very few things in his life that matter at all. Amen. Uh, what house you uh, have, what car you drive. And, I mean, it, it just things uh, compared to the Lord Jesus, they just don't matter. Amen. Uh, and so, so the Lord is going to chastise us. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, back in verse uh, 5 where it says, Uh, uh, don't faint when thou art rebuked of him. Uh, I wanted to read another translation of verse 5 there. It says, and you have completely forgotten the exhortation, which is of such a nature as to speak to you as to sons. So if you're a son, if you're a child of God, then uh, he's going to chastise you. So what you have to learn right now is it's okay. What I have found in my life is, is when the Lord chastises me, and he does on a regular basis, words, you know, the way I say something, or, you know, maybe I overshared with somebody, or, you know, uh, maybe the words that I use weren't quite faith words, or, um, or just an attitude, copping an attitude. You ever copped an attitude, right? Uh, just come to my house when, when, the, when the pressure washer stops working, right? Uh, and then I've got to fix the pressure washer instead of pressure washing the whatever I'm pressure washing, right? uh and uh, that's an area of growth in my life still that when things you know things don't go according to plan then I'm not really happy because I've got you know I have got certain things I got to get got to get done right and then now you got to go do this other thing and so um uh, but we're working on it amen we're not giving it up so well, that's just the way that I am we're working on it and, and we're going to get better about it uh and so uh he said uh uh and you have completely forgotten the exhortation which is of such a nature as to speak you as to sons son of mine stop making light of the lord's discipline correction and guidance stop fainting when you are being effectually rebuked by him so you know a lot of times what happens if the lord rebukes us we're like well i'm just gonna quit then i'm just i'm tired i'm not gonna do it you know i ain't doing this no more well that's not the reaction the lord is asking you to do what the lord's asking you to do is to repent of that thing stay on the same course and keep on going that's what he's asking you to do don't go to the left don't go to the right. Don't get off the race. Just keep on going. Because he's rebuking you because, uh, you know, you, you were on the right track. You've gotten, you've gotten out of whack just a little bit. Get back in line and keep on going. That's what the Lord's trying to get you to do. But how many Christians have just quit? The Lord rebukes them about something? Just quit. That's why well, I ain't doing no more. Now, now, the Lord's going to rebuke you. He's going to rebuke you of one and uh, he, he's going to chastise you and rebuke you. Uh, oftentimes in different ways. Uh, the most common way uh, is directly through the Word of God. You read the Bible, you read a verse, and it's different than what you're doing. And the Lord's like, Well, you've got to straighten up. You've got to do what I've said, not what you're doing. Well, that's one way He's going to rebuke you. Amen. should be a common way. When you, when you say, You know, when it says, uh, Husbands love your wives. Well, I, I didn't even know that was in there. Well, it's in there, right? So what do you got to start doing? You got to start loving your wife, right? Uh, notice the Bible never says for the wives to love their husbands, not specifically like that, right? Um, there's general verses like that, but not a specific verse like that. Uh, so uh, does that mean all the wives are off the hook? No, you still got to love your husband, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so he's going to rebuke you with the word of God, but he's also going to rebuke you by the spirit of God. There are certain things that you do that's not necessarily covered in book, chapter, verse. Like, well, you know, what about that car over there? Uh, well, I'm going to buy that car. Well, why do you want to buy the car? Um, well, because, you know, I just want to. I mean, there, you can find verses like that, but for that specific event, that may not be covered in the Word of God. And so the Spirit of God may say, well, you know, you, you want to buy that car because uh, you want to be full of pride or whatever it is, amen? You know, years ago, I remember uh, when we, uh, this was, uh, I guess, uh, a few houses ago. Um, and... Um, you know, I, I was trying to pay off the house and get, get uh, out of debt from, from that. And it was going slower than I had intended it to go. You know, I had a plan. I'm going to do this, this right here. It's going to get paid off in so many years. And, then, and they were going to be free of that debt. And, uh, uh, and so it was going slower than I wanted it to go because it seemed like there's always something came up. You're going to put an extra certain amount of money on the house payment and something came up, right? You got to buy this or buy that or, you know, kids want a new pair of shoes. They're always wanting, wanting, wanting stuff, 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 you know. Uh, and so got to feed him every day. I mean, it's like whatever, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so I went to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, you know what's going on? This is taking me longer than I would like it to take. You know, I would have thought by now that we would have had our house paid off because, you know, I believe in prosperity. Don't you believe in prosperity? You know, I believe in prosperity. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, why is this taking longer uh, than it should? Now, one thing I have found out with the chastisement of the Lord is he may never chastise you unless you ask a question. A lot of Christians will never ask the Lord a question. Uh, and I always think that was odd, because doesn't he love you? Don't you know that he loves you? See, I know that he loves me, so I'm never afraid of him. A lot of people just won't ask, because, well, I'm afraid of the answer. That's the dumbest thing ever, because if it's an answer, it's an answer of love. It's always an answer of love, amen? If you really knew the Lord loved you, you would never be afraid to ask him a question. you never be afraid to say, Lord, was I wrong in doing that? You know, I can't tell you how many times, uh, that uh, I don't do it every single time, but... Uh, after a service, I'll go talk to the Lord, about. Lord, was that okay? Was that service all right? Did, did I say what you wanted me to say? Did I do what you wanted me to do? Did I read the verses that you wanted me to read? Uh, we okay with that? Everything all right? Uh, you know, and, you know, 99 times out of 100, it'd be, oh, yeah, it's fine, you know. But every now and then would be like, you know, why'd you read that verse right there? Well, Lord, I just like that verse. Yeah, but that wasn't the verse, right? It should have been this verse over here. Uh, and so, so, I, so I asked the Lord, Lord, uh, why is it that we're not getting our house paid off? as quick as i would like he said for the reason why uh, i've not helped you get your house paid off because you're planning on uh, not operating by faith after you get your house paid off Uh, and what i have found with the lord's rebukes is uh, along with what he says there's always revelation that you see it like oh yeah i see that Uh, and so what he was saying you know it wasn't like i wrote it down when i get my house paid off i'm going to stop walking by faith you know, you don't write sin down, right? I'm planning on, you know, slashing my neighbor's tires next time they come home, right? Nobody writes that down because then there's a paper trail and police find you and you get in trouble and so you just keep it to yourself. Uh, and, and, it, and a lot of times it's not even big, uh, you know, an absolute plan. It's just sort of a, sort of a, um, just uh, uh, an inkling, an intuition or something that you just do as a reaction that, you know, wasn't, sort of, wasn't premeditated really. It's just something that you just thought, well, you know, when I get my house paid off, then I won't have to walk in faith as much because I don't have as big of bills. Now, that sounds kind of reasonable to uh, an uneducated, uh, unfaith person, right? Uh, but that was kind of my thought. And I do not really say it quite that strongly, but that's was generally my thought. Well, I get out of this, then, then I can relax my faith in that area, and I can do other things. Uh, and so the Lord said, well, you know, you don't want to walk by faith. So if you don't want to walk by faith, that's not something I can hook up with. Uh, and so, so what do you do? Uh, you know, you could try arguing with the Lord. Lord that's not so. Is that ever going to work? Oh, you're right. I'm wrong. I I just overreacted. You know, I didn't mean to say that. Is he ever going to say that? He's never going to say that because he's never wrong. Amen. So if he's never wrong, then 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 the best answer is yes, sir. Amen. That's the best answer. Yes, sir. You're right. But see, what I've learned is. Uh, the best answer is yes sir you're right but then i always go well then lord what are we going to do about it always bringing the we right i don't just a me right because because i you know how you change that you know i don't know how you change those things you you get the grace of god is how you change it so lord what are we going to do about it well you're going to get in faith you're going to go back and 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 believe god that yeah nothing wrong with getting your house paid off but you can't quit faith after that amen no you got to go from faith to faith amen uh, and so you're not going to you don't need to go backwards in those things. Uh, and so uh, so he rebuked me on that. Amen. Uh, and, and so I didn't despise it. I know, well, fine, you know, then, you know, I just then I won't try to get the house paid off. You know, I'll just stay in debt forever. I mean, that's what I could have said. Right. Uh, but uh, that would have been kind of dumb. Amen. And then with the Lord's help, we were able to get the house paid off there. Uh, and so uh, and then, you know, I'll tell you another time that uh, we, uh, we were. In Florida, we're traveling with some friends and uh, just on vacation, and um, uh, we had gone out to eat one particular night, and um, after we got to uh you know, all those things started churning in your belly. You ever felt that churning in your belly, right? That's not the normal churning, right? I mean, if you eat too much, there's some churning there, but that's because you, you, you ate too much, but sometimes it's churning like it's not supposed to be churning, and you know, okay, things aren't gonna, don't want to stay where they're at. They want to they wanna reverse gears and come back up uh, in the wrong direction. Uh, and so, you know, I'm believing God. I'm not going to get sick, you know. And uh, uh, but, uh, it was actually me and one of the kids. We both left early and went back to the hotel. And, and I made it. Uh, they didn't make it, you know. And so, I mean, there's a lot of cleanup work that had to be be done because they didn't make it to the hotel. Uh, and so, but the whole night, I'm just, you know, my face is in a place where your face ought not be, right? As you're as you're uh, removing all the food that was in uh, that you ate there. Uh, and so. So I just kind of, you know, I, I was a little, little uh, uh, weak there, puny for a couple of days, you know, then after a while, you got okay, and you, you went on, and I didn't really think anything about it, um, you, just, you know, it's just one of those things, right, so you just kind of go on, and, and you suffer with it, and you, and you don't think anything about it, but it was about three weeks later, we're back at home now, and, and uh, we'd gone out to eat after church, and we're back at church that afternoon, and... Um, that same, that same feeling that happened just a few weeks earlier. You know, now you knew last time what happened, right? You, you, you felt that same feeling, and you knew the end result was going to be that nothing you ate was going to stay in your stomach. Uh, and so uh, so there was a little prayer room there at the church, and, and so I just went up and started talking to the Lord. And because, um, you know, I, I believed God last time, wasn't successful. So I could try believing God again. But there's a chance it's not going to be successful again. Amen. So um, you want to make sure that, well, uh, what I have found, if there's something not working that the word of God says should work, then I start looking to myself. I'll I'll go home and get a bigger mirror, right? I don't go, well, God decided not to do that. No, God ain't decided to change his word. If his word said he's going to heal you and protect you, then he's going to heal you and protect you. Amen. And so if it's not working, then you need to get a mirror. That's the first thing to do. Amen. Get a, a better mirror. And so what I've found that works really well is, Lord, why didn't that work last time? Why wasn't I able to overcome that particular sickness last time uh, when I was in Florida? Because it just happened just a few weeks ago. Uh, and, And again, you know, don't ask the Lord a question unless you want him to answer your question. Amen. He said, so he said, the reason why you weren't able to get your healing there in Florida is because you wanted to receive some glory for being the great man of faith and say, look at me, look, God healed me. You know, I was able to, get, to overcome this thing by faith uh, and look how uh, a great man of faith that I am. Now, I didn't write that down. I didn't plan on it and go, well, uh, you, know, you know. But it's one of those things, you Just kind of, that, that little thought came across in your flesh and you kind of, you know, thought, well, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, if I get healed, then they'll see how great a man of faith I am and then, you know, they'll, they'll think more of me, right? Uh, you don't write those things down. But instead of rebuking them, remember when 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 the devil came to Jesus, every time he tried to tempt him, Jesus immediately rejected it immediately. Right. Uh, And remember, the man came to Jesus, said, good master, what must I do to to obtain eternal life? Immediately, Jesus said, uh, why callest thou me good? You know, he he takes those thoughts. because see, the guy was trying to butter Jesus up. Good master. And the devil loves to butter you up. Oh, you're such a great man of faith. You're such a great woman of faith. You're such an awesome You're such an awesome person. And if we and if we linger at that and go, you know, maybe you're right. I, I'm pretty awesome. I mean, I'm more awesome than that guy over there. You know, have you seen that guy? I mean, you know, I'm pretty... Compared to him, I'm pretty good. See, we need to reject those things quickly and not let them linger. Because if they linger, then we go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. Pull on that string, see where it goes, right? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get... Uh, heal from the sickness and, and, and uh, see if I can get a little glory. Again, you don't write it down. It's not a big plan. You're not a horrible person. It's just that little thought of the flesh comes along. And instead of rebuking it and saying I, ain't, I'm not doing that, we kind of, we kind of wouldn't mind having a little glory, a little bit attention, you know, about how wonderful we are. And he said, he said the reason why I wasn't wasn't able to heal you is because you wanted to obtain glory. And he said, I won't share my glory with anyone. Well, what are you going to do? Well, that ain't right, Lord. That's, I, I, I'm not that way. I don't do those things. Would that have gone over well with the Lord? What was he doing? He was chastising me, right? He, he, he was scourging me. I mean, that hurts, right? When the Lord says, you just want to get glory to yourself. And, and you know, uh, I mean, maybe we haven't met, but, I, you know, I'm not a very prideful person. I'm not, it's like, everything's not about me, right? I don't want it to be about me, about me. Uh, not interested in being about me. But every now and then, you know, it would, it would be okay if it was just a little about me, right? You know, sometimes you get that little that little thought comes in there and, uh, and the Lord said, I, I won't share my glory with anyone. So again, what do you do? Yes, sir. That's what you do. When he scourges you, when he ch- yes, sir. If it's right, yes, sir. Uh, the, then uh, I said, you're right, Lord. Uh, and, and so, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for being selfish and self-centered and trying to obtain glory. You're the only one worthy to be worshiped. And you, you just repent, right? If he, if he chastises you, usually the very next step is repentance. Amen. That should be the very next step after chastisement it should be repentance to your part. Arguing is not the next step. Debating is not the next step. Uh, making an excuse. Well, Lord, you just don't know how hard it is, is not the next step. The next step after chastising and rebuking is always repentance, should always be repentance. Most of the time it's, it's excuses or it's fainting. Well, the Lord, I'm just never going to believe you again for healing ever. Okay, how's that going to work out for you, right? Because how many people do that? Well, the Lord, I'm just never going to do that ever again. But well, that's not the answer that I, that I want, right? Uh, and so, you know, I've had people try to, try to help them and say, well, you know, what you said was wrong. Well, then I'm just never going to say anything ever again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's going to last about 30 seconds, Right. But that's what they say. Well, then, you know, because what are they doing? Well, they're using their emotions to try to to say that that rebuke was, was, was not right. Uh, and um, uh, we got to uh, talk about the third way of rebuking, uh, but we'll probably have to do it next week because one of the ways that the Lord will, will rebuke you is by fellow Christians or your pastor. Amen. You ever been rebuked by fellow Christians or your pastor? Now, the only problem with being rebuked uh, and by the way, just to finish the story, uh, after I repented, I just waited a, f- a few seconds and said, Lord, be good. Uh, and I just sent in my heart, "Always well. So, Lord, I, I rebuke this sickness in Jesus' name. I'm not having it. So I, I didn't just, well, I made my bed hard. I'm going to lie in it, right? I mean, and people do that, right? Well, I've just made my bed. I'm just going to have to be sick. You know, that, that'll teach me. That's stupid, right? I'm not dumb. Well, I can repent, and then, and then once I repent, we're all back to square one, right? We're back, we're, we're back in good graces with the Lord. Then you rebuke the sickness, and you go on, and it all left, it all faded away, and, and I got to keep all my cookies, and didn't have to have to uh, go get any more cookies after that. Uh, and so I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, lose my lunch that I'd eaten there. So, but the last, the last way uh, the Lord will use to chastise you is with uh, uh, other Christians, or you know, heaven forbid, your pastor. Now, the limitation with these things is the Word of God makes no mistakes. The Spirit of God makes no mistakes. People on occasion will make mistakes, and they will come and accuse you of something that you didn't do, but they do it out of even a sincere sincere heart. They're not terrible people. They thought that you did it, whatever it is, right? Uh, But sometimes they could just be flat-out wrong. Sometimes they could just be and have the wrong motive. I mean, you know, uh, sometimes people can be unkind. But sometimes they can be right. Uh, And so uh, uh, we don't have enough time to talk about that today, but it is an area that we need to allow to happen in our lives because we interact with individuals all days of our lives, right? I mean, we see, you know, a pastor. But, you know, uh, how many times people have left church because a pastor says something to them? You know, I remember one time a a lady was, was here at healing school. She'd be coming to healing school for a while and, and um, um, her husband was sick and had been kind of sickly for a long time. And so, you know, I was just talking to her one day and she said, she starts talking to me. She said, well, you know, I, sometimes the Lord just wants you to be sick because he's trying to teach you how to do things. And, you know, sometimes he allows these things to happen so that he can train you and, and teach you how to be spiritual. And, you know, sometimes the Lord just just wants you to be sick. You know, she goes on and on about this. And I'm just looking at her. I'm not saying anything. I'm just looking at her. And she finally looks up at me and stops. She says, you don't believe a word I'm saying, do you? I said, well, no, ma'am, because nothing you said is, is biblical. Now, what was that? Well, that was time, And that, that was about all I said. I didn't say, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's really what I thought. But that's not, you know, I, well, I was a lot nicer than that. I said, well, there's nothing you said that, that's biblical, you know. Well, she never came back. But see, she should have said, you know, you're right. That's what she should have said, right? But she didn't say that. She got mad and never came back. Well, now she's blocked off part of, of, of assistance through her life. Amen. Uh, and, and um, I'll tell you one more story, and we'll go, uh, the, you know, not long after we started the church, we had some folks come, and, and they said, we've been believing God for a church like this for five years, we've lived in this area a long time, we believe in God for a church like this for five years, you know, a word church, a spirit church, right, church that preaches the word, and allows the spirit of God to move, we've been believing God for a church like this, praise God, well, you've arrived, you know, this is the church for you, well, you know, um, we didn't have a sound booth there. We just had a table uh, for a while there until we built the sound booth. Uh, and so uh, not long after they came, a couple of services, you know, um, uh, I'm up here. You know which way I face when we're singing, right? I face this way, right? So as soon as the singing was over, I got up and said, you know, I, I ran sound for 20, 20 years with my pastor. I said, I can tell you everything you know about sound. You know, I can tell you all about wires and cables and sound and decibel levels and blah, 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 right? Sound pressure, what do you want to know? I'll tell you anything you want to know. I said, but if I walked into a church and the speakers were falling off the off the wall and, and all the sound was feeding back and it sounded horrible, I said, I wouldn't do a thing. Wouldn't bother me a bit. None of my business. Amen. Now, if they come up and ask me, you know, I'd be glad to help them. Uh, and, and even one time uh, when we were... Uh, in one of Brother Randy's meetings, they were having some problems with the sound. And, uh, and Miss Patty said, well, Pastor Chip, uh, would you go back there and, and help them fix the sound? I said, no, ma'am. I said, unless you go back there and tell them that you've asked me to do that, because you're the authority, not me, right? Unless you go back there and tell them that you've asked me to go do that. I said, I'm not going to just go and usurp authority. I'm, I'm not going to do that because it's their job, right? And I can't just walk in and just fix their stuff for them. That's not my authority. Well, what if it's wrong? It's none of my business. It's their thing, right? Now, if they, if they know that I know sound, they could come and ask me if they want to. Or I could go and, 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 you know, tell them, hey, I know about sound. If you need any help, let me know. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But just going and just saying, hey, you know, you need to change the sound. I mean, we had, it was running sound by committee when I ran sound. People come back there, hey, it's too loud. The next person over, right? Same service, uh, uh, come back to, say, I couldn't hear a thing. Well, would you go talk to that guy? Because he can't, it's, it's too loud. And you said you can't hear him. Why don't you guys swap places, you know? And, but, you know, they, um, so, you know, I get up and said that. I said, you know, I, I, I mean, it's none of my business. I would never do that. Well, what that fellow had done during praise and worship, he'd gone back there and he'd kind of pushed Jared aside, started changing the sound. Well, what's he doing? He's usurping authority. He doesn't have any authority to do that. I didn't give him any authority to do that. He's usurping authority, right? Uh, and, and, you know, God's all about authority, if he puts the authority in there, you don't usurp the authority. Amen. Uh, if he puts it in place, you don't you don't say, hey, well, you know, you're doing it wrong. That may be true, but it's none of your business. Amen. Uh, and uh, like I said, if I walked in and the speakers were exploding, you be like, wow, I would think somebody should do something. And then I would leave it alone. None of my business. Amen. Now, you know, uh, sometimes a lot of prompt you and, you know, you can go and suggest things. And that's you got no problem with that. But you don't go in the sound booth and, and push Jared aside and say, I know more about sound than you do, which he probably did because, I mean, we us see, when we started the church uh, officially 2013, uh, you know, we were uh, Bible study before that. So that's been eight years ago. Jared was 12 or 11, 13. He was 13 years old. You know, most 13-year-olds don't know everything there's no about sound. Amen. Now Jared probably knew more than, than most. But, you know, he, so this guy probably did know more than Jared did. But, you know. So so did I know that he'd done that? No. So who prompted me to tell that story? Well, the Spirit of God did. So what was the Lord doing? He was chastising him. He is rebuking him. Now, he, the problem is he got embarrassed because who saw that he was doing that? Well, everybody that was back in the back uh, there. Everybody about me, right? I mean, Chris saw it. She's leading worship, you know, and you know people in the back row saw it. You know, Jared saw it. So a bunch of people saw it except for me. Uh... And so, but what was the Lord doing? He was chastising him. Now, the correct response should have been, just like it is when the Lord rebukes you, yes, sir. Because he should have known. Well, I, I, I obviously didn't know that he was doing that. He should have known that it was the Spirit of God. I mean, he'd been praying for a Spirit-filled church for years. Everyone wants the Spirit of God until he shows up, right? <laughs> and so, you know, he showed up and he, he, made, him, he made him nervous, right? And so... He should have, if he was a real man, he should have. Now, I'm not mad if he came back today. I'd be ha- glad to see you. You know, I'm not mad at nobody. Uh, but he should have come up and said, Pastor, I'd like to apologize. I, I stepped out of bounds. I was out of order. Uh, and and uh, in the future, if you have uh, any problems with your sound, I'd be glad to help if you would like and need my help. No problem, right? That's what a, that's what a real man should do. Yes, sir. Uh, I was wrong. That's what a real man should do. What he did... He left the church and never came back. That's what a little crybaby does, right? You know, I mean, we can can give them names if you want to, but uh, that's what somebody who's not interested in in growing with the Lord. That's somebody who's interested to think that I've arrived and and nobody ever rebukes me. Uh, Well, unless you look like the Lord Jesus, you're going to be chastised. In this life, you're going to be chastised. I can guarantee you. Now, if you tell the Lord, don't ever speak to me about that again, you know what he'll do? He'll never speak to you about that again and he'll never be able to bless you in that era of your life. And how many Christians have said, "Don't ever talk to me about that again, Lord. I don't want to hear about that, Lord." You know what he's going to do? He's never going to talk to you about that. And and he will remember in the Old Testament, he said, "Leave Ephraim alone." He's joined himself to his idols. So Ephraim got to a point that I'm going to worship idols. I don't care who who care who who has a problem with it. And the Lord's like, "All right, not my problem." Amen. So so chastisement if the Lord loves us, it's a good thing. Amen? Now, I understand in the natural world, in the world that we live in, sometimes it comes through flawed vessels. And we don't like that. Amen? Uh, but I can, I can tell you I, know, I can tell you so many times when my kids rebuked me and chastised me. And I had to, you know, shut up, go to your room. No, uh, that's not. I had to listen to what they said. And if what they said was biblical, then, then I accepted it and went on. Amen. Because he'll speak out of the mouth of babes. You know, some, one person says that God will only use people of greater authority than you to rebuke you. I don't believe that at all. Uh, he'll use children. He'll use anybody. Uh, Anybody's willing to yield to him. He'll use because uh, uh, who did Jesus appear to first when he came uh, when he was resurrected? Mary, right? He didn't go to the, the big wheeled apostles. He went to Mary. And then Mary went and told them Then they didn't believe him. And the first thing he did at the end of the book of Mark, in Mark 16, is he rebuked them for their unbelief because they wouldn't believe a woman. Well, she didn't have great authority, uh, greater authority or anointing than they did. She was just a woman, right? I mean, women, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, it's, you, don't, you should never listen to women anyway, right? But, I mean, that's, that was their thoughts, right? Well, you're just a woman. Yeah, but, you know, the Lord appeared to me. Amen. The Lord appears to you. Then speak on. Amen. Uh, and, and so, uh, so the, you know, this is an area, It's a really touchy area, though, right? Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've rebuked. Now, when I rebuke people, I don't, you know, call them out in public. I've been called out in public many times, right? But uh, a lot of times it'll be just a subtle rebuke. Some people don't even know they're being rebuked, you know, and you just kind of kind of correct them. But when I've had to actually correct people, you know, it's 50-50. You know, 50% of the people will usually recover and, and do well, do well. Uh, do all right 50, 50 people will leave and never come back but you know if the Lord says to say it say on amen if the Lord tells me to go and, and correct somebody you know what I'm going to do I'm going to go and correct somebody uh, I, I remember one time and I know we keep saying this we will get to go uh, but uh, the Lord said you go talk to that person all right I'll go talk to him uh, and along the way the Lord asked me a question which I thought was really odd uh, he said, "What kind of a what kind of?" A, he said the words. He said, "What kind of a man will this will this fellow be?" I thought, well, the right answer is, if he gets rebuked, he should repent. That's what a real man would do, right? Uh, and, and instead, he came out swinging, right, and just read me the riot act, you know, told me all a horrible person, all these long list of things, you know, not, not important. And, and the saddest response in that situation. Because when somebody starts doing that, I just start listening to the Lord. Lord, what do you want, how do you want to respond? I don't really listen to what they say because what they say is it's not godly because they're mad and you get their feelings hurt or whatever. Uh, and, and so if, if, if it's not going to be of any help, I just, Lord, what, how do you want to respond? And you know what the Lord said? Nothing. I mean, not, not even a peep. Uh, and when, when the Lord has no words for you, you're in a sad position. Because the Lord's always got words for you, right? Uh, If you're willing to listen, He's always got words for you. But if you're so prideful, so full of yourself, even the Lord can't speak, that's a tough place to be right there. Uh, And so, you know, they left, never came back. Uh, But that's not on me. Amen? Uh, I just do what the Lord says. Uh, And I got no agenda. My only agenda is the Lord and, and His word. Amen? I got no agenda about who's in charge and blah, blah, blah. You know, people always... Uh, politicking in church and stuff. Uh, and so uh, we got a few more things to talk about this because this is an area that I think is, is an area that the church really struggles with. Because it should be it should be a normal, active part of your life to be chastised and rebuked of the Lord. You're not a horrible person because he does that. You're a person who doesn't look like the Lord Jesus yet is why he does that. And he wants you to look like the Lord Jesus. Uh, and And sometimes the only way... A lot of times it's just a normal, hey, uh, oh, here's some word I didn't know. Now I'm going to start doing that. That's a normal growth part. But sometimes you get stuck and and you can't move on. And the Lord's got to say, well, the reason why you're stuck is because you just won't believe this thing, whatever it is. Uh, And he's got to chastise you or rebuke you. Uh, And you've got to be willing to listen. Uh, And it's a really it's a really difficult part in, uh, in the church for people to listen to be ever being rebuked. Um, I, I, maybe it's because of the pride in their life. They don't want to see, be seen as being wrong. Um, I don't know, whatever it is. But if you're breathing air, the Lord's going to rebuke you. Amen. He's going to chastise you. I can guarantee you. And you should be okay with that because he loves you. Amen. Now, Again, I understand when it comes through people that are imperfect, sometimes their rebukes are unkind and sometimes they're unwarranted. Sometimes they're just flat wrong. Uh, but sometimes they are right. Uh, and so you've got to eat the, eat the uh, hay and leave the sticks, amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you that you do love us. And, Father, if you love us, you will correct us and, and uh, ask us to change, rebuke us, Father. And, and our response always should be, yes, sir, we'll be glad to repent. And so, Father, we thank you that we can do that. Uh, you are kind to show us things and areas of our lives that are a hindrance to us that will cause us to not receive the fullness of God. To not, uh, be walk- to, when we're not walking in the fullness of your will, uh, you will correct us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Uh, we thank you, Father, because you love us. We thank you, uh, we don't desire to be chastised, but we, we thank you that you love us. And if it's necessary, we'll be glad to receive it, Father, with humility uh, and, and without excuse. And so, Father, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All hearts and minds clear? We all good, right? Amen? <laughs> well, the Lord is good. Amen? Uh, and so um, um, I just want to encourage you, especially, you know, we'll only be on this uh, maybe another week or so, uh, but really uh, evaluate your own life. How many times have uh, have I been chastised in the natural realm by a person? And what has been my response? Yeah. Uh, and uh, how many times has the Lord chastised you either through his word or by his spirit? And what was your response? Uh, and, um, and allow the Lord to help you change those areas of your life. Amen. Uh, because he desires to, to help us get better. Amen. And so uh, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Thank you for your faithfulness and giving. And I just want to remind you about a couple of things. Um, uh, I, I know on the slides up there. Uh, there is a, an option for a tithely you know and if you 're someone who likes to do things on with an app or something, you can use the app. Uh, I know we get several folks who use the app to give that way uh, that 's just for your for your benefit amen if you want to do it in, in small unmarked bills i don 't really care how you how you give but it 's just it 's uh, for your benefit amen if you want to set up uh, on your app there to do that, uh, you can do it that way and you can also go to our um, website uh there's a button there that says give you can click on that and um you can uh give your offerings that way it doesn't really matter how you do it you do whatever you're comfortable with we just want to make sure that you're aware of those things uh and uh if you want to take advantage of those uh then go ahead and do that and if you need any help setting anything up you can ask us as well uh and uh, jared's not 13 anymore but he does know all those things because uh, he's still a millennial type and they know everything about technology right uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared. We just uh, thank the Lord for the offerings. Amen. That uh, um, as we give, the Lord will, will with good measure, press down, shaken together and running over, give into our bosom. Amen. Uh, and so our, our faith is hooked up with your faith that the Lord will prosper you and increase you. Amen. And as you're increased, then, then the church is increased. Amen. And that's really the desire of the Lord. That's really God's best that uh, that, that, uh, that, that happens. Amen. Uh, that the Lord uh, prospers the individuals in the church so that the church as a whole is prosperous, amen? Uh, and so we thank the Lord for that. And, and maybe one of these days we'll, we'll do a, a, a good study on prosperity. You know, I, in, uh, in the 13 years I've been a pastor, we've never taught on prosperity. We've taught a lot on healing. Uh, but um, uh, but um, uh, my hindrance mostly is I never want to be seen as being money conscious, right, as a minister. And because I'm not money conscious, I'm not always trying to get a dollar out of your pocket. Uh, so there's always a little hesitancy on my part about that. But but we need to know what the word says. Amen. And that's part of my job. Amen. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure out one of these days how to do that. So uh, don't forget, we have a healing school today at three o'clock. Uh, make sure you, you go tell Mr. Jeremiah happy birthday. His birthday was yesterday there uh, and uh, be blessed and you're dismissed.